Attention SLPs and OTs with existing private practices. Are you ready to level up your private practice and your life and make this your breakthrough year? If so, join us for Make More in 2024, a free training offered on Thursday, March 21st at 8 p.m. Eastern to discover how to shift from clinician to CEO. During the training, we'll talk about the importance of maximizing your income, adding revenue streams, setting up systems, and more so that you can ultimately work smarter and build a successful, sustainable, and sellable business. To sign up, just visit growyourprivatepractice.com backslash training. Don't miss the chance to learn how to effectively navigate the growth phase of the private practice journey. See you on the training. On this episode of the Private Practice Success Stories podcast, you'll hear from Holly Levine, who started a private practice with her daughter. Stay tuned. My name is Jenna Castro-Casbon. I am part of a group of private practitioners who have taken client care into our own hands. We are skilled clinicians who pride ourselves on providing high-quality care to our clients and their families. We are fighting against productivity requirements, administrative red tape, and unnecessary restrictions. We started our own private practices to take control of our professional and personal lives, of our schedules, of our incomes, of our future. We work hard for our clients, but on our terms. We believe in helping others, but also helping ourselves. We are not interested in competing with each other because we hope we'll all make it. We are successful private practitioners, and these are our stories. So before we jump in, can you please share your name, your location, and the name of your private practice? Okay, so my name is Holly Levine. Um, My location is Nashua, New Hampshire. I'm at 154 Broad Street in um, an office building, Suite 1524. Uh, It's a relatively new location for us because we grew and I had to move. And the name of the business is Literacy Learning Solutions. Fabulous. So Holly, take us back, like, tell us about your career before you opened your private practice. So I had been, actually am still a public school teacher. I've taught in the public school for, I'm just finishing up my 19th year right now. Oh no, wait a minute, maybe 18th. I can't rush it. Um, So I have taught in the public school, anything from case management of special education um, to kindergarten teacher, most currently English language learner teacher at the high school level. I've been, I was a third grade teacher for eight years. Um, So I have quite the range of experience in terms of the kids who I've been, um, had to stand in front of and the types of issues I've had to address with them. So there's never a dull moment. Um, It is getting to the point now, though, I will say that, you know, how do you juggle this just thriving private practice now, which wasn't intended to thrive as quickly as it has, with a full-time job already in the public school? So my partner, my daughter, has had to uh, shoulder most of it, and she's really starting to kind of collapse a little bit with the weight of it. Because she's rather junior, rather novice. You know, she's only been 
a licensed speech and language pathologist for two years now. So this is a lot. I mean, how many speech paths who are only two years into their career can say, I have my own private practice? Um, so it just kind of came about, it just kind of morphed into this. So um, yeah, so I'm a public school teacher, born and bred. I mean, but I had a career before that. I was a, I worked in marketing. Oh, no worries. I have a marketing degree, which has really served me well to get this practice going. And I swear that's all, you know, I had to brush out all the cobwebs of what my business training and apply it to this. So it's the perfect dovetailing of my educational back, my education experience and my business experience. Well, that's, that's fabulous. Yeah. So now I get to use both my degrees. Um, but again, I'm starting to cave from the weight of two jobs. Yeah. So your, your day sort of job is as a public school teacher, right? Yes. And then your specialty, you're a reading specialist, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. Well, I'm a reading specialist. I'm also, I have five or six certifications in the state of New Hampshire. So I have, um, general special ed and learning disabilities, mm-hmm. um, specialist. I have reading and writing specialist elementary educator, and most recently, ELL, so English language learner, so five, actually. That's enough to keep current, let me tell you. Yeah, so that's because I kept going back to school, and Mm -hmm. I kept thinking, I need to know more. I want to know, do you know I would talk to New York, the University of New York, I think it was, about their speech and language online program last week, because I never want to stop learning. Um, but I don't know where I would fit that in. <laughs> you got a lot of energy, though, I can tell. <laughs> oh, I do. And I'm not very young, but I'm young at heart. And I love to move, and I love to keep thinking and growing and living, loving, and finding joy in everything. Oh, my. I love that. So at what point did you start thinking about transitioning, at least even part-time, into private practice from your role solely as a teacher? So a long, long time ago, actually. So I got intensely interested in dyslexia studies and language-based learning disabilities right after I got certified uh, as an LD specialist. So that was in 2001. And I'm like, whoa, this is it. This is my sweet spot. I Like my kids, I was blessed. I had three kids who, they didn't even have to study their spelling words. You know what I mean? They, they barely had to crack the book and they were straight A students. So I really, really lucked out. And I was fascinated by kids who struggled and challenged, were challenged by school. Because I love school. And I love the idea of being in school. Um, so I got fascinated by it. So I found this place down um, in, on Main Street in Nashua called the Children's Dyslexia Center. And I studied with them for many, many years. I was actually employed by them for many, many years, moved up the ranks all the way to um, clinic supervisor. I got trained at every level to attain the highest level of certification with them, which now entitles me to train others in um, Orton-Gillingham basic skills and um, dyslexia teaching methodology. So I really am uh, eternally indebted to my studies and my training and practice with the Children's Dyslexia Center because they really got me started. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, there's so much need. They offer such a great service and a great 
free clinic. So basically my clinic is their clinic, but just I have to charge people. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of how it started. But after I had gotten trained by them in 2004, and then I got an additional training in 2006 and another training in 2010 and just kept going on and on. I was still, I was bringing my little book bag and going to every library from here to Timbuktu or going to people's homes. I've met so many families like in Nashua and the surrounding towns. I developed such a tutoring uh, clientele out of my book bag. Nice. And well, it sounds like there was a huge, was and is a it huge. It was, area. it was. And I had a network because of all the jobs I had had in the public schools and I'm, very outgoing so I approach people I'm curious about people I take the time to listen to people so I became trusted as a, you know a respected individual in the field of dyslexia so you know referrals are a huge part of getting business next thing you know my book bag going to libraries business I never had a problem keeping a clientele Uh, But it was a small one, you know, it wasn't a legitimate business. I didn't have an LLC. I didn't have a shingle. And all the while, Jenna, my daughter was studying speech language pathology. Mm -hmm. So I would say to her, you know, my darling, someday you and I will join forces. She knew she was leaning more now towards education at this point. So she goes to my friends down at the Children's Dyslexia Center and signs herself up to get the same training I had gotten and she ends up getting trained partially through them. And then I finished her training for her because I'm a certified trainer um, it, because I needed her on the job. So she was doing practicum out of the clinic to get certified ultimately um, out of my clinic rather than their clinic. So, so this, it's kind of like wasn't meant to happen so soon, but out of necessity because she was in crisis and you'll do anything for your child, right? Mm-hmm. Because no one wants to work two jobs. Like, this is insane. Like, the fact that I still just put my food shopping away, my only day off is Sunday, and I have to be to work at 7 o'clock tomorrow morning. You know what I mean? It's just not cool. You know, the only reason I'm half happy about it is because it's 20 days till the end of the school year. Hooray! Then we go into summer, right? So so that's kind of how this we've morphed into this business. And let me tell you, three years ago on June 1st, 2016, when I first um, had my LLC made official, Mm -hmm. I had four students in a small little space that I, uh, it's very tiny space. I barely could fit my desk in there. It was so cramped with the four kids I had to tutor. And it was in a building that wasn't really a professional office building. There were a lot of guys in there, like agencies selling cars. Like it was just Mm -hmm. not aligned at all. It was not congruent. But we were in there. It was a start. It was a start. It was my four kids. I still have some of those four kids. Like I think I have two of the four. and we've grown now to 45 students. Wow. Congratulations. That's amazing. Yeah. So in the because we're right now it's May 19th. So you said June 1st. So oh, 2016. 3 years. So 3 years you've grown from 4 to 41 you said? 
44 to 45. 45. That's incredible. Congratulations. Yeah, it really is. It's all, it's so overwhelming sometimes though when I think about it. I don't know if I'm happy or if I'm, I the tears I cry, I don't know if they're of joy or of, of despair. Well, that's a lot of people, but it it's sounds wonderful that you now, though, are joining forces with your daughter, who's a speech-language pathologist, right? Right. And, and so she's probably, I think that you mentioned that she's able to, to now, she's gone through some of these certifications. So is she also now working yes. with this population? Yes, she's a dyslexia practitioner now, as well as a speech-language pathologist. And quite honestly, her, her caseload, her client base um, patient base, you know, depends on who you're talking to, is maybe 10% speech and language kids and 90% um, dyslexia practice. And she likes it that way. But my struggle is, look, you got a degree in the beautiful field of speech and language pathology. You know, if I just wanted you to be a reading specialist and a dyslexia practitioner, that you wouldn't have had to go to school for near 10 years, okay? So I said, I really want you to, you know, so when cases come in and it's a full speech eval, I get really excited for her and continue to practice more in what she was trained in. Um, and that's important to me, you know. Well, it sounds like, you know, it's great to have options. Yeah. Right? yeah. And it sounds like, you know, you, you have an area that has a tremendous need for reading services Right. So you guys can kind of decide how you're going to grow the practice now that she's part of it, right? Right. So right. With through your marketing background too, even though right. you know it's been a been a minute. Yeah. But you can you know hopefully use that to grow some of the speech and language aspects of the practice right. for right. her. And you and you're so right about that, Jenna. Because but here's the big rub with speech and language practice, and you know what I'm going to say. Mm -hmm. I word insurance yeah. don't take it right now yeah we just had our first case where we did a full comprehensive speech and language eval and the mom wanted us to bill it put make the invoice so that she could submit it to her insurance mm -hmm. she mm -hmm. did and we're waiting with bated breath to mm -hmm. see how that goes down because some of the codes they wanted for up from us were like wow that's how you have to do this you have to make a diagnosis before you even score the protocols you know mm -hmm. what i mean it's kind of like it's it's not it's not something we would be comfortable with right now taking insurance but yeah. we like the fact that parents can have the option to submit independently and yeah. the minute we decide to take insurance it changes the game it's a little bit of a game changer for me as the clinic director Mm -hmm. I now become billing specialist yeah. and I now become a billing coordinator and that's kind of scares the living daylights out of us for now. I could never do that and have my full-time job. So that's yeah. more for my retirement. Yeah. So you're right. We have options and we can, we have prongs of our business and we can go off to different prongs um, and that sort of thing. So we really do have kind of a niche right now with this. Yeah. And it's really fun that you're doing it together. Oh yeah. We're like, the best I love talking to, you know, whether they're mother daughter teams. I, uh, several episodes ago had a daughter father team. Oh, wow. um, both of her parents actually were speech pathologists, but now it was mostly she and her dad who, who run the practice. 
Um, but it's really, really fabulous when people can have their families involved. Yeah. And then, you know, you don't see a lot of the challenges that people have as private practitioners are feeling lonely. Yeah. Right? Feeling like, you know, when you, I mean, most people are just own the business by themselves, but for you to have, you know, someone who you're very close with, Right to, to run the business together and then into develop each other's skills, I think is absolutely fabulous. Yeah, um, I told her I, I once she's married and back from the honeymoon and all that good stuff. I told her I'd like to use the business uh, money uh, for a write off and send her to reading specialist school. And then I said, and I'd like to send myself to speech path school. And she goes, mom, please, no, there's no reason for you to do that. She's like worried about my health, you know, feel like we, and, and this summer we signed up for a landmark college course together, even though she's getting married, we're going to do this little six week thing where we learn about executive functioning yeah. and academic proficiency because this hits us and slaps us in the face every day at, at work. These kids who come to us are not your guy. They're not your just straightforward um, dyslexic kid or uh, specific language impaired kids. These kids have the comorbidity beyond belief with things, emotional disorders, um, you know, executive dysfunction. So we need to learn more about the impact of those processes. We know that. We know that that's an area of deficiency for us. So we can study together. Um, and again, it's, we are at just the tip of the iceberg right now, I think. But our challenge is not growing too fast, even though we already did, knowing when to say no and f really crystallizing what are we there to do. We're fielding a lot of inquiries for general tutoring. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So do we want to be, do we want to have a segment of our business belong to like this category known as general tutoring? Or do we really want to specialize in specific language impairments, doing language therapy and doing literacy therapy? Yeah. Well, you know, back to something we talked about earlier about having options, right? There are a lot of speech pathology private practices and probably, I mean, certainly reading specialists private practices too, that have tutoring as part of what they offer. And it doesn't right. mean you have to offer it. Right. right? You right. can have an independent contractor who is offering that for you on your behalf as part of the umbrella right. of your business, right? Yeah. So we can talk about that for a second. We've yeah. right. We do have some contractors who work for us. Um, you know, that's a hit or miss, Jenna, you know, uh, you, you know, some people I, I've had, I've been around the block with that. Um, we've tried, so because I've had some bad experience that most of the bad experience is that people come in as contractors and then they really think that I just exist to bring them clientele. Mm -hmm. and that is kind of half true, but it has to be a give and take. Yeah. But we have some contractors who will only take certain jobs that I'm able to acquire. You know, they're very finicky about the type of work they want to take. Mm -hmm. We want people who, to contract to us who say yes more than they say no. Got it. We have a really hard time with that. So we t we've taken to just the past months interviewing, trying to interview a couple of the proverbial millennials. 
right? Mm -hmm. Because they, you know, that we want the younger people who are just starting out, fresh out, and we'll train them and we'll have them work with us. Um, but we got no showed on two of the interviews. Like we're just not having good luck here. Well, you you have to hire right, right? right. Whether whether it's contractors or employees, right? You as the business owner, this is true. Everybody listening, listen up. Right. right. The old adage of hire slow, fire fast is really, really important, right? You want to make yeah. sure that anybody that you bring on your team in any capacity is really the right fit for you and your private practice and the vision that you have for it. Mm -hmm. and if it's not, then it's not then it's not. That's where we're at right now. We have a few now who are aligned with us and we're happy with them and they fit, they have their spot in the practice, but we really cannot grow right now until we find, until we hire slow. Yes. That's kind of, and we're in that, and now we have the wedding in front of us and all that planning. So we're kind of in a little bit of a, um, stop taking new clients until we can actually have options to to have contractors work with them because she and i are booked solid we couldn't take i just said to her before she left tonight we're making those favors and i said you know little so and so i had uh i was at the, the neuropsych office at his meeting the other day and mom really wants to come to us for summer tutoring and little so and so really needs twice a week what gillingham therapy and she's like mom i I don't know why you're telling people that it's a possibility. It just isn't. And we, my thing, Jenna, is I don't want to turn people away. Of course you don't, because you're a wonderful, caring person, and you see a the need. And I know it's not even for the money. You know, the it's because I I have my salary from the school district. You know, it's just like a kind of like a mission. It's like God's work to me. You know. And I'm driven to that. And I know that, and that's the other reason why the general tutoring thing for us isn't really, it doesn't make our heart palpitate because sometimes general tutoring is just parents who just couldn't be bothered and want their kids just to have a tutor because it's easier for them. Is that really our lane or is our lane really clinically significant kids who truly need help from us in our area of specialty to advance their literacy skills yeah. you know so this is where we're stuck on the whole hiring slow thing and that issue we're trying to redefine our business yeah um so it's it's like we we always say oh these are our problems they're not really problems this is par for the course yeah you mentioned that your daughter is is getting married soon and is going to have a honeymoon right so it sounds like probably when she gets back from the honeymoon having business retreat even just the right. two of you and right. it, some sort of a room with like board and post-it note kind of gal yes. so really like hash out what is the vision for what you guys can offer both time-wise mm -hmm. um specialty-wise and then what and what are your clinical interests right, right. and right. so what can you offer the people of your community and match that with well what is the need and what are people telling us right they want or need right and then having to figure out okay are those the people that you want to hire and if so who are they and where are they 
right. or is that not an aspect that makes you know your heart palpitate right get, get all excited about right i think that that's a really important thing you know everyone at least once a year mm -hmm. maybe more than that should really think it what direction am i going what is the vision right now for my practice right and am i am i staying in the right lane or am i starting to kind of drift off a lot or you know to keep going in this analogy are there lots of um additional roads up ahead that we have to figure out which one we're going to go down right right but, right you know i think that that's really good to pull back it again at least once a year and particularly if there's some sort of an event right i feel like you know getting married is a is a wonderful event uh -huh. and a lot of times when after people get married is a really a time of soul searching and figuring yes. out okay what next right i couldn't right. agree more yeah yeah so you guys have this wonderful opportunity in front of you to have um some conversation about what to do next it's very right. exciting yeah strategize we had a little folly like last year we thought let's get into the math tutoring business yeah but so we hired a a, a, per, a math person um, as a contractor and we just took one student high school level that's super crucial as you know mm -hmm. high school mathematics it can make the difference between whether you graduate or not right. okay yeah. I learned that now that I'm a high school teacher and um, we the girl failed the math class and mm -hmm. the, I had to give mom all her money back and I, we thought and we said this is an event that tells us we need to stay in our lane and we have no business in the math business yeah and we have a fellow down the street from, from right from our practice who specializes in high school math and SAT prep so and we were getting into SAT prep a little bit too and we realized oh this is way it's too much like you get too scattered you get um, just to you're not focused enough on the important thing so we got out of that and now we just refer at first we were like oh we we just want people to come you know now it's like well we want the right people to come and we want to refer you know we often I will tell you the the honest truth um, we if we sense in an intake that mom or dad that that it's gonna be hard for them financially we refer to our beautiful other local speech pathologists who do take insurance yeah, yeah. we say that we say to them hey you know so-and-so down the street she, why don't you go see her and it it does hurt my heart because my daughter's the speech path and I really want her to really practice her craft yeah um, but not taking insurance should hurt us in speech yeah. it, should because people should be able to leverage their insurance I, I bet most of the people you interview who are in private practice for speech and language I would venture to say they take insurance it varies it varies but I think a lot of people start out private pay and at some point really have to make a decision if they really want to grow whether or not to go the private the the insurance route there are many very successful private pay only private practices uh -huh. but there's there are more that are having to at some point start to take insurance but again it varies by geography and it varies by you know um business not necessarily structure meaning like 
LLCs or PLs, not meaning that, but like how a business is run like fundamentally, right? There are certain people who are only committed to private pay. That's just how their practice is based. And that's the message that they communicate and that's their positioning Mm -hmm. and they make it work. And there's other people who kind of start that way and they're doing well, but if they feel like they really want to get to the next level and they're willing and able to bring in more people, including billing specialists and insurance specialists or hiring that out, mm-hmm. then, then they can really grow. Um, but it depends on how much growth you want, right? Because right. Like, so you're what, right. kind of at a point where you're feeling right. like kind of tapped out, maybe you'll be even more overwhelmed if you open up the insurance can of worms. So that's just something to be thinking about. Right, because, and and really the even bigger thing is, do we eventually want to become a pediatric therapy center and Mm -hmm. do literacy, do speech, hire on an occupational therapist, hire on physical therapy? You know, we could, with, with the base we've established and the reputation and the internet presence we have, thanks to my son who helped us get uh, search engine optimization. He's kind of does that. That's his thing. Um, so we have good internet presence. So we tend to, you know, people find us. There are we're becoming known. Special ed directors in the area know about my practice because sometimes I do contract out Orton Gillingham service to the school systems. Um, so we have kind of those feet, what does my son call it? Multiple sources, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. so multiple streams. Yeah. Right? So we're fortunate in that. So we could parlay that into pediatric therapy center eventually, yeah. but you can crash and burn pretty quick with growing too fast in that. We've, there've been a few in our ge- geographical area who have. Um, so especially wrong people if the wrong people try to do it together and where we are having you know difficulty recruiting that we call it recruiting the number three because if she's not I'm number one and she's number two we're always saying who's that number three and you know maybe we'll never find that number three you know I don't know she often expresses how she wants to start a family you know, and she's like, mom, with this workload, because we are working upwards of, we're working 60 hours a week. Yeah. 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 And she's really, you know, starting to feel like, is this the life I really want? So we're, we're at a good juncture, a crazy juncture. Yeah. A kind of a juncture where I don't want to talk about it because it's too overwhelming, but I do want to talk about it because I'm so excited. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I think that you've made a lot of really, you know, good, good progress. Obviously, you've made excellent progress uh-huh. in terms of your own education and your own offerings for your community. You've gotten to the point, you know, you were able to bring your daughter into the practice and really have this for both of you at a time that you really needed that, that you both yeah. needed that, right? Right. And, and to go from four to 45 clients in three years is absolutely fantastic. Yeah, the growth and rate's pretty amazing. It's pretty amazing. So I think that you have a lot to be very, very proud of. Yeah, we wanna kind of take the time to just um, bask in that, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like a little bit, like this summer, we just want to sit around the office and bask in it, but we yeah. both have like 
40 hours of tutoring a week <laughs> so was, uh, she said mom we're not going to be basking we're lucky to have a 20 minute salad together every day you know I'm like yeah we'll bask while we're eating our strawberry salad but because yeah. we can't come up for air but um, you know in, we just have to keep positive and know that we're doing the good work and our clients our children we love our children so much and the families are pleased with our service and that just buoys our confidence even more and um you know we man we did manage this summer to get our schedule to monday to thursday no friday or saturday so see we're headed in the right direction or we're headed in the direction of balance you know and that's very important so yeah so as soon as she you know gets back from our honeymoon and everything else i, yeah. I think having having a retreat yes I agree. The two of you guys yeah i think would be really really nice and you used a really important word which is balance i think wow. we're all looking for balance right everyone goes into private practice to have more balance mm -hmm. and then for some people it's a struggle to maintain that balance. So yes. every now and then that's what, again, this annual recalibration needs to be about is the, the reasons why you pursued private practice in the first place are often to, it's a little bit different in your case, but you know, to get away from certain things that maybe you didn't like about your quote unquote regular job, right? That's right. kind of what most people are like. And then all of a sudden they start to realize maybe a couple of years into private practice that some of the things that they didn't like about their old job are happening. And then they have to take a step back and say, wait a minute, right. you know, I got into this for the flexibility and all of a sudden my schedule is crazy. Right. What happened to that? Right. And that's, yeah. on, that's on you as the business owner oh to figure out how to make those changes. To learn how to say no. And, and, my, and no. my daughter's much better at that than I am. And she's been, you know, you, it's humbling to think your 27 year old daughter is able to teach you so many things and she does teach me a lot and often she will say that well it is okay to have a wait list you know there's something glamorous about having a wait list sometimes when you have a wait list people go oh that's great I'll wait you know so and but then sometimes you lose them because you yeah and I don't really want to put anyone on a wait list because time is of the essence you know for many of these children and stack ranking, you can't stack rank clients and say this kid's more important than this kid. It's kind of like first come, first serve. So we have difficulties with discharge too, where you know the parents get, you know, we remediate the child and they still want the child to see us, which takes a slot from a newbie coming in who needs it fresh, you know. So we have that, we need that, like you say, that strategizing session that think tank brainstorm with the whiteboard just me and her maybe girls weekend yeah and someplace else like yeah. not in your office no no right? somewhere yeah it doesn't have to be a spa although that'd probably be nice but it should yeah. be someplace like a business center right there's a lot of even you know i went into um office max or staples or one of those places the other day and they had this really nice business center place inside the store right right and you know they had little meeting rooms right yeah. and they had these gorgeous whiteboards and i just you know i love office supplies and stuff so i was just sort of drooling at the yeah at the look of the whole thing right so find yourself a place like that and just again get back together recalibrate can reconsider your vision 
and then right. think about how you're going to slowly, you know, work toward both adding things, but also eliminating anything that's not right. working. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. You're so right. Well, I think this, it's been so much fun to interview you and I absolutely love to see family teams yes. who have combined forces and knowledge and interests and abilities and everything else to make a private practice. So I'm so excited for you and your daughter and I can't wait to hear, you know, what you decide right. through this retreat. Right. Yeah. And it, we will, we will do it in the fall, definitely before the end of 2019, because it's all a, a year of all new beginnings. Yes. yes. Well, congratulations. And um, thank you for being on the podcast. Thank you for sharing your story and your journey and your situation. And we all, everyone listening, I'm sure wishes you the absolute best of luck. Okay. Thank you, Jenna. I appreciate you taking the time with me tonight. Of course. All right. We'll be in touch. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Bye. bye. Now that you've listened to the episode, I want to invite you to a free training. Do you have a business background? Most SLPs who go into private practice don't. You went to grad school, not business school. But here you are trying to start or grow a private practice. The good news is business skills can be learned and I want to help you make solid decisions on how to start and grow your private practice so you can serve your community and build a legacy while doing therapy on your own terms and your own time, and yes, make more money. I wanna invite you to my free training specifically to help SLPs get the background information you need to know in order to be successful. There are two tracks, the start track and the grow track because the needs of beginners and growth level private practitioners are very different. The trainings are short but thorough and can be consumed and put into action quickly. I wanna teach you how to think, act, and behave like the private practitioner you are meant to be so that you can step into the vision you have for your private practice and your life. And the best part? These trainings are completely free. To register right now, simply visit independentclinician.com. Click start or grow, and we can get started right now. Well, this episode might be over, but we don't have to say goodbye. Head on over to independentclinician.com for resources that will help you at each stage of your private practice journey. If you're on Instagram, let's connect. Follow me and send me a DM. I'm at independent clinician. And if you're on Facebook, make sure that you join the SLP and OT Private Practice Beginners Facebook group. All right, off to help more regular SLPs and OTs become successful private practitioners. Let me know if I can help you too.